smartest man alive! You're gonna die, clown! And that's what I call high quality a tool. I'm Scuba Sam, Scuba Steve's father. We eat the pig and then together we burn! Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Hey everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Billy Gilmore Podcast. Uh, this is, of course, the podcast for uh, the discerning Adam Sandler fan, uh, the show for the fan of the Sandman. Uh, I am your host, Wilson Smith, and joining me as always are... Hi, this is Chris Giles. And Austin Culp. And we thank you so much for joining us for this very special episode. They're all very special. Uh, but this one's particularly very special because uh, we, this is our episode on uh, Adam Sandler's 2012 joint, uh, live action 2012 joint, I should say, because we also get Hotel Transylvania later that year. Uh, That's My Boy, uh, starring Sandler and uh, then rising star Andy Samberg. Um, thank you so much for listening to us. We hope that you and yours are staying safe out there. Um, staying in quarantine, uh, you know, doing everything you need to do and uh, not going too crazy from everything. Hopefully, maybe watch, watching some Sandler movies to keep you occupied. Um, and on that note, um, that's really, you know, there's a lot of news out there in the world, but, uh, you know, a lot less in the realm of entertainment because things are sort of on lockdown. Um, but we do have a little bit of Adam Sandler news for this week. Uh, and that involves or entails... Uh, Adam Sandler made an appearance on Saturday Night Live. Um, they're recording all their episodes remotely these days. And uh, Sandler and Pete Davidson recorded a song together. Um, is it is it never leave never gonna leave my house again? Uh, never gonna go outside again? What? I, I think it's never gonna leave my house again. Yeah. Um, it's very, very funny. Um, you know, Sandler's always great with the songs. Um P. Davidson's pretty funny in it too, but uh, Sandler just really, uh, really kills it. Um, stuck in the he, house. Uh, stuck in the house. He, he manages house. something I would say for Sandler, and maybe it's just the way that he chooses, or rather, I should say, the directors of his segment, which are his daughters, uh, Sonny and Sadie, uh, right? Uh, mm -hmm. They directed, they're credited as the directors of his portion of the footage. Um, yeah. They choose their angles very well in that uh, Sandler, thankfully, uh, I think he probably has an understanding about this or like some, some sense of this in his own head. But unlike other celebrities who show their gigantic houses and everything where it's just like, oh, my God, can you believe I have to stay here for, you know, weeks? Like, what am I going to do? Sandler does it. Like, we all know that he's a very rich man and like probably has his own like, you know, like country club back there. But he doesn't flaunt it. And I appreciated that about his video. You know, it's a it's a it's a collection of living rooms and uh, tiny offices and and you know look like laundry rooms that uh, I, I greatly appreciated. Uh, made me feel like you know his his man of the people touch was intact. I think he strikes me as a type of guy who like certainly wouldn't apologize for what I'm sure is the beautiful house mansion that he lives in. But he he also he's also like. Probably savvy enough to like not what not, not want to be like the douchebag celebrity who like you know flaunts it cluelessly and like in front of his fans like oh hey we're all we're all climbing up the walls hunkering down huh I know I sure am like he doesn't want to pull it like an Ellen or whatever so good on him <laughs> yeah and I feel like it's like you, you kind of get a sense of it just from seeing pictures of him <clears throat> walking around but also like um 
the piece uh, that uh, Jamie Keelis, uh, who, who we interviewed, uh, wrote about Sandler for Uncut Gems discusses like him going to that exclusive country club, but he's wearing like basketball shorts and right. like, oh, can you let me in? Like he's 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 the kind of rich where it seems like not not unlike what we're gonna see in uh, in in this film tonight. Uh, that's my boy. I feel like he's sort of maintained even amongst the blue bloods. He's maintained his uh, his connection to the slobs amongst us, and that's uh, that's always appreciated. I think that's you know part of his appeal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's that's it for that's it for news, right? Oh wait, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we rarely touch on uh, we rarely touch on news for members of the Sandler Squad because you know there's just so fucking many of them, and like you know how are we gonna you know it's not news when Jennifer Aniston does something. We're not gonna talk about that on our podcast, even though she's a Sandler Squad member. Uh, but a founding Sandler Squad member uh, went a little viral this week uh, for you know some of all the wrong reasons, um, and that was our, our our dear friend Alan Covert, uh, who uh, <laughs> star grandma's boy, um, who uh, posted some uh, posted a video on Twitter where I guess he was joking, jokingly not joking, like about. Hey, I'm going crazy in quarantine. We should all just go to the beach. And he, you know, he concludes this whole thing, this rant. I mean, he's sitting outside of like a pool. This man is like a multi, multi-millionaire. You know, he should not be bored by anything right, right now. Uh-huh. Um, but he, uh, compared to those of us who have been in apartments for the past few months, you know, like, <laughs> you know, basically praying that Netflix doesn't slow down. And he's complaining about like, you know, Oh, like I, I can't stand my kids. Like you know, I can't stand my beautiful family. Like we, we should all go. And he ends the call, he ends this video with, uh, "They can't arrest us all." <laughs> so, not you great. know, not great. Um, you know, it's a sensitive time right now. Everyone's a little bit on edge. So you know, I don't think he should be canceled. I don't think it's a fucking war crime. It's just a thing where it's like you know, man, read the room. Uh, well, and also, uh, like, um, watching that, like, the, the, little, the little, like, little selfie video, like, just that video by itself, I, like, I watch it, and I think, eh, okay, Alan, like, ha-ha, like, whatever, you, you know, you're being a bit of a dope or whatever, but then it was, like, people on Twitter, I guess, sort of responded, uh, like, you know, in, like, in ways in which you would expect people on Twitter to respond to something that kind of, like, boneheaded and just, you know, calling him stupid and selfish and and irresponsible and reckless and then he would and it looks like covert at least for a while was sending personal like like replies to all of those things like oh hey like like what have you done mr nobody with 20 followers and it's like oh no you see now you now you look like a now you look like an asshole like yeah like, yeah that's a great that's a great point like, yeah he's but, he's still addressing it too uh like oh no I, he's like his last tweet an hour ago is like people ask me why i fight with dumb trolls on twitter Honestly, it's because I'm not allowed to fight with my ex-wife, so I take it out on these people. Okay. <laughs> I think he's he's going through something. He he just had the divorce like a I mean, few months ago. Aren't we all, Austin? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not all lashing out at our ex-wives on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know what? I hope that uh, I hope that he and his ex-wife, uh, you know, find some sort of peace and understanding, and I hope that he stops fighting with trolls on Twitter because. 
you know, and this is less about Alan Covert and more about just people in general, uh, celebrities in general. It's like, my God, I understand that money doesn't buy you happiness, but it can buy you a jet ski. <laughs> like, your fucking jet ski, man. Like, you know, don't like stop, stop talking to these idiots. Like, or even if they have like good points, it's like, just don't, you know, just go enjoy your family. Go enjoy your mansion. You, you worked for it. Don't engage. <laughs> yeah. We should we should all come together. He's got a cameo. We should all come together and get a cameo of him. <laughs> oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd chip in uh, birthday presents. So yeah, I think we should just go. Uh, well, wait. So Alan Covert news. We got the Sandler on Saturday Night Live. Um, apparently, Kevin. We, we'll just we'll just skate right past this. Uh, Kevin James is playing like a skinhead or a neo-Nazi in a in a in a movie coming out in June. Uh, Becky. So I'm certain we will mention that as soon as we've all watched it uh, on a later episode. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, Beyond that, I think that's it for a uh, news roundup. Uh, so I think we should just go ahead and dive into talking about uh, That's My Boy. Um, so That's My Boy uh, was released in 2012. Uh, it's, you know, his obviously his uh, follow-up to Jack and Jill, which as we discussed on the last episode, uh, Jack and Jill was his first in a while kind of miss with the, bo- with the public. Like, of course, critics hated it. They, you know, it was always slightly more hated than most Adam Sandler movies. Uh, but it's the first one, you know, most of it, yeah, up to that point, like post Little Nicky, if he was doing a quote unquote Adam Sandler comedy, he was pretty much bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be confused with the movie Bulletproof. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jack and Jill, he stumbles a little bit. Um, and I do think snide critics, uh, about which more later. Um, I do think snide critics sort of like, I remember at the time people sort of like being like, almost like taking that, like taking a victory lap on that or like gloating, like critics had like done it in like, Oh, finally people listen to us. Um, of course that doesn't hold water once grownups too is a giant hit, but you know, he's, he's a little bit for the first time. He's a little bit like, you know, it's like a little bit like more of a question like is he going to you know is he a box office draw and that's my boy which comes out in the summer of 2012 um that unfortunately just perpetuates that whole uh that whole thing because that uh, that notion just because uh it is also a financial disappointment so he has two back-to-back financial disappointments um and I do think that's my boy. Like, you know, if I was Adam Sandler trying to explain to the Sony executives why my movie underperformed, I do think there's probably more excuses with that's my boy than there is Jack and Jill. You know, it's his first hard R movie uh, in, a, I mean, it's his first hard R comedy, right? Like Bulletproof is like a weird hybrid thing. Um, but that's my boy is like his first like super raunchy are comedy correct uh i think so is it yeah. wow i mean yeah because funny people would also fit into that more so apatow comedy thing that's an edge case thing yeah, yeah where it's like it's not a sandler movie but it's also a different thing too yeah so this is uh this is definitely got to be his first and it's like and i know i mean reading it's funny when we'll talk about some of these reviews later but reading some of the reviews from around the time that it came out 
you know, people are talking about it as though it's like a move to sort of like, like he's trying to like get the hangover audience. Like he's trying to make like, like the hangover is the, it's so funny because now no one talks about the hangover movies, but that was, those were so big at the time that like, that was sort of the standard that like, I guess people, people thought that he was chasing that. Um, in my humble opinion, that's my boy is far better than any hangover movie, but oh, I'm gotcha. also, I'm biased, but um yeah, so this movie, uh, it's it, it's it's a disappointment for him uh, financially. Um, it's directed by Sean Anders, uh, who was new to the uh, Sandler, the Happy Madison bunch. Uh, and Sean Anders went on to have great success with the Daddy's Home franchise. Um, he directed those two films. Um, I think he, he wrote We're the Millers with uh, Sandler Squad alum Jennifer Aniston. Right, and he directed also Instant Family with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne, about which I've heard surprisingly good things, but I have not yeah. seen it. Um, <laughs> and Daddy's, I, I've ne- Daddy's Home 1 was basically unwatchable, and I've never seen Daddy's Home 2, but there's one gag in Daddy, Daddy's Home 2 that I have seen that reminds me of some of the bits in, this, in That's My Boy, where I'm like, oh, like... In certain instances, I might be on this guy's wavelength with his sense of humor. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, this one's going to be interesting. I want to talk about because um, we originally had gra- grandiose plans. We originally had grand plans to uh, have a guest on here, uh, a, a, a female guest, to sort of take the edge off of how disturbing and disgusting uh, a lot of the content in this is. But due to coronavirus and other thing and scheduling issues that did not happen. Uh, so it's going to be us three dudes talking about this, uh, bundle of bundle of hot button issues. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a uh, also the, uh, the writer's kind of a, got an interesting background. Oh. Uh, the writer, he's the creator of happy endings, the oh. ABC show, as well as marry me, which I'm not as familiar with. And, uh, the Showtime show black Monday. Oh, okay. Interesting, because like, of like of all the the uh, the things you just mentioned, I've only seen like the first couple of seasons of Happy Endings, which is a very like like sharp and and, and witty show. But I also recall it being very like warm and bubbly. So I would never, in my wildest dreams, you know, connect the tone of that of of, of that comedy to That's My Boy, which is a whole other uh, bag of cats. Uh, wow, that's uh, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's a. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting mix of voices that came together for the film we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, this, this movie, That's My Boy, um, I'll go ahead and say right off the bat, uh, not to skip ahead to like our sort of like wrap up or whatever. I, w- I will say this was the second time that I'd watched this movie. I missed it in theaters because I was still firmly in the uh, like – too good, well, like that that brief period of time where I was like too good for Sandler, um, and this was I remember I was living in L.A. at the time, and like there was a literally a billboard for this movie right outside my window, so I saw this billboard like every morning I woke up with my coffee, and I was just like I'm not gonna go see that fucking movie. Uh, watching it for a second time now, I think this this might be controversial uh, even within the group uh, the the hosts. I think this movie can could lay a claim to being it, it's top three funniest Adam Sandler movies to me. Like just um, pound for pound, scene for scene. Like 
my the amount of times that I laughed watching it this time, I who knows? I we we can we can account for COVID death, you know, COVID depression. Like I just needed something to lighten my spirits or whatever. But like this thing is so so funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't. I would need to kind of like sit down and really think about it before I start making like claims to like top five or top three or whatever. I will say though, because I also yeah, um, you know, I've been. Stuck inside my apartment, just like everyone else, uh, you know, uh, staying relatively, I think, like, you know, functioning and sane and like, you know, well fed and exercise and washed and all that. But, you know, it gets to all of us. And so I'm sitting there today, this afternoon, I'm watching it and I'm not only dying laughing, but as you guys recall, like I was, you know, for a while there texting every other 10 minutes or so with like a funny line here and there. Like, I can't remember the last time in our recent run of movies that like I felt so like, I guess, like freshly engaged with the movie like i have lots of affection for grown-ups or just go with it but those are but those are also and i and i and i say this complimentary like i uh those are very like you know leisurely kind of fun movies and no big deal like that's my boy was like i felt like like the movie was poking me and and like really hitting that funny bone there are bits in this movie and we'll get into it there are certain lines and jokes that i think are the are some of the funniest shit that sandler has done within like the past 10 years of that's my boys release like there's one particular joke it's not even like a line it's a just a bit of visual editing that occurs in like the first 10 minutes that uh th like like just destroyed me and i think it's, it's yeah no um for as not just like this movie sucks reputation that it has but like oh this movie is repugnant uh yeah no um i, I feel like people uh, should uh find their way back to it because they might just be pleasantly surprised. And it also is a repugnant piece of work. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Austin, did you, did you enjoy this viewing of That's My Boy? I did. I mean, it's a, it is a movie that it's without a doubt. It is like raunchiest, dirtiest movie. I think, I feel like um, undoubtedly. And um, it's, it's a movie that is um, I feel like it encapsulates so much of like and almost like the what's his name Donnie yeah Donnie Donnie is I mean I feel like Donnie is what would have happened if like Billy Madison had slept with uh, Miss Veronica but had been like 13 right. <laughs> I mean it, it's essentially kind of like what that what that life trajectory would have happened like what would have happened to him if he had not gone through like the the whole process of trying to become a, a boss. I mean, cause he's just, he's, he doubles down on like the whole music, uh, an era of like what Donnie likes. And yeah, I mean, this is a, uh, I feel like this is taking everything that you know about Sandler and basically just taking it to that R rating and then pushing it. Right. It's like, it's like if Billy, instead of wanting to win, like, like win over his father's respect, if he just said like, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm like I'm still like I'm still an heir to the to 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 to, to the Madison throne, right? Okay, that's fine. Like I, like as long as I have my inheritance, I'm just gonna keep partying. Like that's like that's that's the kind of mode here. Um, it, like watching this today, it reminded me of it was a former Vulcan colleague of ours, um, Wilson, who once said something like, "If a movie is going to be like sleazy or morally dicey or even just flat out gross, it needs to own it and just." exude that with confidence and watching that like and, and, and watching this today I, I i was reminded of his philosophy they're like oh yeah no this movie gives no apologies to its uh 
it's it's rather raunchy uh, and disgusting energy. <laughs> well, well, to that point, you know, it's always funny. We always have fun, you know, looking up review. You know, we we understand and, and somewhat get it. You know, that critics don't like his movie, Sandler's movies, by and large. So it's always a little bit amusing to watch critics, in our opinion, sort of miss the point. Yeah. But in this particular case, it's funny because. All these, all these critics are talking correctly about what a morally depraved piece of work this movie is. But my issue with those readings of it is that they all kind of act as though it happened by accident. Right. And not that it's the point of the movie. Because this is a astonishingly wrongheaded, fucked up, mean-spirited movie. Like, this movie... For all the good vibes that like Sandler's character is all about and like, you know, all that, like no one, no one gets like really seriously like hurt or destroyed or anything in this movie. Like, you know, but having said that, it's, this is a fucked up, deranged piece of filmmaking. Um, <laughs> the, you know, just based on the premise alone. Okay, so we'll 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 sort of roll into it here. Um, movie starts, um, and it's the '80s, and uh, young Donnie Berger, um, you know, walking through the hallways with his friends, uh, talking about like he has a bit where he's like, "I'm not into girls anymore. I'm into women." Uh, and uh, we see strutting through the hallways of his school. Um, I guess he's supposed to be what, 13, 14? Um, something like that. Uh, something like thir that. 13, uh, 13, I think. 13. Okay, so we see strutting through this, the school, uh, uh, Eva Amuri, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. Um, or Ava Amuri, um, who is a daughter, uh, a, a beautiful woman, uh, uh, actress, daughter of Susan Sarandon. Yeah, um, and and just real quick note, just like seeing her pop up in this role was not only just thrilling and like fun, like oh yeah, no, that's Saran's daughter. But um, I don't know about you fellas, but growing up in like the early to mid aughts, one of my favorite like I guess teen movies was Saved, the sort of like uh, Christian <laughs> high school satire movie. And uh, Eva's in that. She plays um, like sort of the like bad girl at the christian school and she winds up being like you know sweet on the macaulay culkin character and she's great in that movie she's really funny i always kind of wondered hey what happened to her i mean <laughs> and i and i think for a while she was on californication with with, with idea of the company and also like she's you know she's you know a uh, heir to the sarandon fortune so it's not like she really has to work she's out there living her life having a family and enjoying herself but i'm so glad she's in this movie because this first 20 minutes or so she's killing it she's dynamite so <laughs> She, so Donnie is talking like typical, like 13 year old boy shit with his friends where he's just like, like talking about like how he wants to, he wants to bang his teacher. And she is just like, correctly is like, she's like, that's a month's worth of detention. And so we cut to Don, young Donnie in detention and uh, basically she, I don't even know how to really describe this other than just going for it. She uh, clearly, clearly wants him and she seduces yeah. this 13-year-old boy. There's a part where there's a part where she's like, oh, like, she takes gum out of his mouth and like puts it in her mouth. Um, and she's just like, do you want me? And he's just like, yes, no, I don't know what I'm supposed to say right now. <laughs> um, 
uh, uh, pretty good approximation key. of like a Sandler of like a Sandler line reading there. Well, and, and this is key too. Like obviously, this is a very like broad and heightened movie, but the way thirteen-year-old Donnie is like reacting here, because like there's a because like there's a bit earlier when she's when it's no longer like when it's clear that she's coming on to him. There's a line where he has where he says like, "Is this happening right now?" Like he's <laughs> like he's. Just so, just how like earlier when when he's when he's talking to his buddies and like oh yeah that's true to that's like that's true to a thirteen year old talking up his game with swagger like the way that he he's clearly like afraid but like excited like that also felt weirdly true in a way like like is this happening right now I don't know what to do I don't know what to say like at, like this movie sort of toes a very interesting line before it just starts doing jump ropes with it i don't know <laughs> yeah and, and, and chris was the was the visual gag i think you texted about the visual gag is, is that you laugh so hard about is that the kid the other kid is in yeah. detention with him so yeah so so yeah um the uh, and remind me her name again it's miss Mag, uh miss mcgonagall not not mcgonagall that's harry potter uh mcgarrett McGar wait is it McGarrick? not? What did I write down? Hold on. Merrick McGarrickle. McGarrickle. Okay, yeah, thank you. So, yeah, no, so it's like this kind of yep. long, protracted seduction scene, and she's taking him into, like, her, like, like, her, like, back closet, I guess, like, her, her like, her supply closet, and then you sort of hear him, like, just saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, like, it's happening, they're doing it, and then the camera's panning over through the classroom, you see that the entire time with one of his, like, his buddies, his classmates just sitting there, through this whole seduction thing, just uh, like another twelve-year-old boy just sitting there, mouth like like mouth open, and I laughed for a good five to ten minutes after that because like, and and again like you know we've been watching a string of Dennis Dugan movies, and obviously his like his visual, like his visual style is pretty low key. Like this movie has some has some visual wit to it, I would say, and yeah, just that pan over and the reveal that there's another boy in the room. That's as I think strong of a joke in a Sandler movie that we've seen in, and you know, for oh, like a while now. Well, that they also kind of they kind of reuse that joke in in, an, in another context in which it's also very funny later in the movie where um, there's a well, we'll get to it when we get to it, but uh, there's a, a a cameo from a prominent member of the of Sandler's squad uh, when they're at the spa. Uh, and you realize that like everyone is in the room with Sandler as this is going on. <laughs> right, um, right. But um, so, anyways, uh, in case we hadn't made it clear, or in case you didn't know, this is a movie about technically statutory rape. Yes. Um, Susan, uh, sorry, Eva Muri, her character sleeps with young Donnie Berger, um, and. You know, we, we get a little montage where we see this happening. Uh, and then at a school assembly, uh, they are caught because they're having sex backstage. And uh, Eva Amiri runs, she screams because she's an adult and she understands what this means for her life. And she screams and runs away. And Donnie Berger, you know, kind of walks out on stage and gets this massive, massive standing ovation uh, from everybody because everybody thinks it's super fucking cool that he had sex with his teacher. Um, so that's one of the main jokes of this movie is that it, it's, it's basically, one of, one of the major jokes of this movie is essentially the bit from South Park where they're trying to report that the teacher is sleeping with the kid and the cops just keep going, nice, 
nice. Like, yeah. but the distinction here is that, and it's sort of crucial to the whole movie, is that this the Eva Muri character is promptly sent to prison for 30 years for this. So the movie has these two things at the same time. She is sent to prison for 30 years, and all the characters, no one really questions that. You know, for all of Adam Sandler later in the movie, all his, like, declarations that, like, oh, actually, we were in love. He is never, no one ever says she shouldn't be in prison for 30 years. <laughs> but he is treated like this huge hero right? Uh, for sleeping with his teacher. And, like, that's a joke that I can recognize as a joke and also understand that that is deeply disturbed. It is. And and I guess, like, the, the movie sort of has this montage during, I guess, the, the official opening credits where it's, like, he kind of like grows up and is sort of like enjoys this bit of like like young stud celebrity. In a way, it kind of reminds me of of all things, um, the first Ted movie, the Seth MacFarlane movie, where oh like, sure yeah, where, where like you know like little Teddy Bear when he's a kid, quote unquote, becomes sort of like the star because he's like the sweet talking bear, and then the movie kind of jokes like yeah, but what if he just wound up like every other like child celebrity and just you know eventually matures. And gets into like you know money and drugs and sleazy bullshit. That's kind of what happens to Sandler's character, right? like in a way. Like he peaked when he was thirteen, and never really matured past that point. Like this, like like maybe in a way, this is like also like Sandler's version of like a Step Brothers movie. Like because like if you remember, like Step Brothers kind of like takes the whole like Apatow man child to its like most logical and absurd degree. Maybe this is doing the same for Sandler, and it's also in the context of someone who was raped by his teacher at the, at the age of 30. There's, there's, there's a lot going on here. What? Yeah. I, I actually think that Step Brothers comparison is really good because Step Brothers, like this movie, sort of posits, like, part of the joke is, isn't it fucked up that people keep accommodating him? Like, yes. People keep going in for him, but Step Brothers, I love Step Brothers. I like, Step Brothers, I like more than this movie. It's like a masterpiece. I've seen it dozens of times, but I think Step Brothers, I think that's my boy almost, like, is more a little bit more sly about how it approaches that, where it's like the whole isn't it fucked up about like how everyone is cool with Donnie the whole time <laughs> and everyone thinks this dude rocks and it's like it's like wow it's like a fucked up si series of priorities here. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're gonna say awesome? Oh yeah, these uh, I mean these opening credit scene the the scene that just kind of goes through essentially his timeline at, of being a teenager. I think like the most apt thing that happens in that is whenever they have Donnie and the two Corys on like a magazine cover. I'm yeah. just showing like, this is who he was and this is who he becomes. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so as we mentioned, like Ted, um, you know, it's like, actually Ted came out the same summer. I remember because I was living in LA that summer. But they, uh, so Donnie becomes like a flash in the pan celebrity uh, because he had sex with his teacher who was sentenced to jail for 30 years. Um, and uh, when we come out on the other side of it, oh, <laughs> I, I, we have to mention though, um, the judge, when, when she sentences, uh, when she sentences uh, Susan, uh, <laughs> I keep saying it, when she sentences um, Eva Amuri to prison for 30 years, the judge, a female judge, 
is she said she comments on how fucked up the situation is. Like she comments on how fucked up uh, it is that everyone is applauding Donnie Berger. Um, <laughs> and that's a running thing throughout this movie, Chris, as we talked about before we started recording, that this movie, you might think, wow, what's wrong with the people who made this? Don't they have like a moral compass? It's like, oh, no, 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 no. There are mo multiple moments in this movie where it, it's clear that this movie knows how how deeply upsetting this all is. It just doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and it's important to note because it's the crux of the movie, uh, somehow I haven't mentioned yet, Eva Miri's character is pregnant with their child. Um, and so that's a part of it is that Donnie raises, you know, Donnie raises this kid as soon as he's old enough, um, names him Han Solo, uh, and, and you know, raises him, you know, as, as his son. Um, I mean, he is his son, but, um, and uh, <laughs> there's a line in that courtroom bit where the judge reads out, reads out uh, like a statement from Eva Amuri that includes the line, I would fuck that kid again and again. Uh, and it's like, how, how did anyone approve of this? Um, it's very funny. Um, so then uh, Sandler, present day, Donnie Berger, um, you know, looking sort of disheveled, you know, looking like a dude who's been partying for 30 years, um, shows up at his, what, his manager, his tax guy? What, what, what is it? Like, I guess his accountant. Like, business manager, accountant? <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured he was like his lawyer, but yeah. Okay. Um, Rhett, played by Rex Ryan, coach of the Jets. Uh, and the Buffalo Bills. Um, I gotta say, Rex Ryan, very funny in this movie. Yeah. Um, really, really good, uh, like, good, funny, like, like, there are other people who show up in cameos in Sandler movies where it's like, uh, like, like John McEnroe, he's fine, but like, you can tell he's just doing John McEnroe. Somehow Rex Ryan, like, like, I would watch him in other movies. He's funny here. Um, but, um, yeah, he's his lawyer. He is his lawyer. The first thing we have to note is that Sandler is doing a voice again, much like, you know, we always we always appreciate when Sandler's you know, going the extra mile. Donnie's got this thick, annoying sort of Boston twang. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just definitely not his usual voice. Um, and Rex Ryan tells Donnie, oh, well, you owe $48,000 in taxes. Um, there's a bunch of jokes about like I guess Rex Ryan in this movie is a is a Patriots fan, uh, and Sandler like punches a Tom Brady poster and he's like, hey, don't do that to Tom. Look at it. just just look at that jawline. Just the right <laughs> amount of scruff, um, which is funny. Um, he, this big big laugh I got in this scene is when uh, he's like, you should talk to your son, and Adam Sandler's like, I don't know how to get in touch with him, and Rex Ryan says. You should you should Facebook him and uh, and Sandler goes. What am I a billionaire? I can't afford that shit. <laughs> uh, made me laugh really hard. Um, I, I took very I took very poor notes for the first like third of this movie. Um, so everything's very scattered here. But uh, basically, um, uh, his son uh, his son Han Solo, who's not speaking to him anymore. Um, is like a hedge fund guy uh, who's about to marry Leighton Meester, 
uh, at a big, big wedding, you know, Tony wedding ceremony, you know, think like wedding crashers, like that whole milieu. It basically just looks like that. Um, uh, we, we see Todd, uh, who is Han Solo, Adam Sandler's son, the titular boy. And uh, Todd is played by Andy Samberg. Uh, and Andy Samberg, it, it's kind of interesting because um, Andy Samberg's in both of Sandler's movies this year, 2012. Right. He's in Hotel Transylvania and he's in That's My Boy. And um, I've heard this actually discussed. I think I think they actually, for on some tangent, they kind of discussed this on an episode of Blank Check, if I remember correctly. But it is interesting that... Um, Oh, sure. Siri. Uh, it is it is interesting that um you know Sandberg, it's it's almost like you know, you can sort of see the shift. Everyone knows about the shift from like movie uh, movies to television, you know, TV is the new movies, that sort of thing. Um Andy Sandberg, you know, he was on Saturday Night Live, very, very funny. Uh in five years before this, he makes hot rod. And yeah. the main thing I always remember about Hot Rod, which is a brilliant movie, it's definitely found its fan base. Like, you, we don't have to go to the back for that movie. People love that thing. Um, but I remember Andy Samberg saying in 2007, like, he was like, you know, when I grew up, when I was a kid, uh, uh, Billy Madison was like the funniest thing that I had ever seen. And it was so strange and so unlike anything else that was being made. If If Hot Rod could be to somebody what Billy Madison was to me, then we, I'll know we succeeded. And I think they did succeed in that thing. But like, I only bring that up to say that Andy Samberg has always sort of put himself in that Adam Sandler lineage. And I think for a while, that's sort of how, I want to say that's kind of what the discussion was like around him on SNL. Like here's like this young dude, like kind of like, like gangly and silly was all about like, you know, like songs and like and, and and silly voices and so on. He was kind of like maybe in his, in his own way, like sort of seen as one of the next Sandlers that you know, like every generation of SNL, quote unquote, has. Um, what's interesting about that, though, and, and and also by the way, you definitely see that kind of like Sandler influence on something like uh, Hot Rod, as well as all the Lonely Island stuff. For sure. But his role in this movie, that's my boy, as well as later on with the. Uh, with his great work on Brooklyn Nine Nine, a wonderful show, like he's he kind of got into like the straight man territory, and he's very good at it. Well, so that's and that's sort of what I want to like what I want to bring up is that like you know at Sandler basically gives him what would traditionally be like the movie like, like he Adam Sandler by putting him in both him him being the major co star of both of his movies in 2012 is essentially you know putting a bet on Andy Samberg being right. like. I like you. I think you're the next thing. Let's like, let, like I'm going to give you this boost. And you know, if that had happened in 2003 or in 1998, I think it probably would have happened, but a combination of the, I mean, even the hotel Transylvania was a big hit. I mean, no one really thinks about like, you're, you're not a movie star if you have a hit animated movie. Um, but you know, it's like Andy Samberg doesn't, become the next Adam Sandler as far as like being a movie star. But it's one year later that he starts Brooklyn Nine-Nine and he's been doing that ever since. And it works. Like Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a very good show. Andy Samberg is very good on it. It's no longer, it does, it's no longer a step down for Andy Samberg to just go into TV rather than like be a big movie star like Adam Sandler. Um, 
But I think it's funny that like this is like the, the, the very small window when it's like, well, is Andy Samberg the next comedy star or comedy movie star, I should say. And it's like, well, no, but it turns out through shifting di- demographics and all that stuff, it's turns out it doesn't really matter. Right. Like he's, he's still doing just fine for himself and he gets to like, and obviously, I mean, like pop star is a great movie. He, you know, he made that later. So like, oh, he's, a, right, you know, yeah. <laughs> he was in other very good movies, but you know, there's just like, there's that, there's that sense that Adam Sandler is trying to give him a platform that very quickly like ceased to exist, even for Adam Sandler. Yeah. Cause I guess this would have been, it looks like this would have been his first movie, uh, his first movie after, SNL like mm-hmm. SNL was he ended in May of 20 and tw- 2012 yeah. and this was June so just like shortly after so yeah it does seem like this would have been kind of like his his opportunity to pop although he had Celeste and Jesse later in the year yeah that's right um, yeah again it's like maybe he'll be a movie star and it's like well it didn't really take yeah. but that's fine and also um, but, uh, but you know Sandberg has a charmed wife he's married to Joanna Newsom and he's and, he, and he's on Brooklyn, which is a great show. And also, as far as I know, I think he you know maintained a friendly relationship with Sandler. Uh, Sandler actually shows up as himself on like a season two, I believe, episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's a it's a very funny cameo. Um, you know, there's, right. some, there's some jokes about like Grown Ups Three or whatever the hell. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we it, the, our introduction to Todd basically like he's a nervous wreck. Uh, he's a never nude like Tobias from Arrested Development. Uh, <laughs> you know, he takes Xanax uh, and he's getting married to Leighton, Leighton Meester. Meester um, Meester. Meester Meester. Um, <laughs> who I, we won't even bring it up on the pod. Like, I won't even like go get into it in the podcast. But when I looked her up on Wikipedia, has a fascinating like history, like family history, basically. Um, that, you know, if you're so inclined, you should go look up. But um she um so yeah so like they're getting married whatever uh we're back to sandler at uh at this strip club and the strip club is called bacon and legs L-E-D-S. <laughs> um it's incredible um we see you know he's talking to this this stripper uh this woman who i'm probably pronouncing her name wrong but lunell l-u-l-u-e-n-e-l-l is the actress's name um, and she is technically a member of the Sandler Squad uh, because uh, she appears in all three Hotel Transylvania films as a oh, voice. Cool. So, um, but her daughter uh, also works at the strip club, uh, which is a weird running theme for Sandler stuff of like people having wholesome like interactions or relationships at these like like you know like meeting your wife at Hooters having your daughter work with you at the strip club, that sort of thing. Um, but she is played by Ciara, um, which is cool. I uh, hadn't, hadn't seen her in a while. And uh, uh, Sandler Squad member Nick Swardson is there as a patron. Uh, probably the less said about his character, the better. Big old um, Mola, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, you know, Lunel is on the pole eating, it's a breakfast-themed strip club, and so there's an omelet bar in the background, and Lunel is eating eggs and sausage as she's, like, dancing on the pole. I, I don't know. It made me laugh. Um, um, so they come up with the idea that, well, so Sandler decides that he's gonna, um, 
he's gonna like basically he, he goes to the show uh, run by uh, I, I can't remember the the the, the uh, name of the character, but it's Dan Patrick, fellow Sandler Squad member, uh, who runs the show where it's basically just like sensational stories and Sandler discovers like oh like if i can get a reunion between like i'm not like they're not going to give me they're not going to give me fifty thousand dollars to pay back the irs to keep me out of jail uh but if i can like engineer a meeting between my my long lost son and his mother who's in prison then they'll give me fifty thousand dollars um at uh at this meeting where we get some direct tv product placement um we also meet vanilla ice uh, and Vanilla Ice takes the slot in this movie. Uh, Vanilla Ice playing himself. Uh, Vanilla Ice takes the slot in this movie that Al Pacino took in Jack and Jill, which is where this is not a cameo appearance. This is a performance. Yes. Um, and much like Al Pacino in Jack and Jill, Vanilla Ice is very, very funny yeah. in this movie. Um, he, uh, and he's also a Sandler Squad member because he, he plays Mark Twain in The Ridiculous Six. Um, but they get into an argument, I guess, you know, like they're both like 80, like late 80s, early 90s, sort of like flash in the pan celebrities. And uh, they've had a falling out because uh, Vanilla Ice believes that Donnie slept with his mother. And uh, they, uh, and I like that, uh, it, like Adam Sandler is just like, how was I supposed to know it was your mother? It's not like her last name is Ice. Um, <laughs> And he also calls him a uh, vanilla bean latte. Um, and again, I just can't, I just have to keep emphasizing every scene of this. I am constantly laughing. Like there's like no dead, there's no dead spots here. I'm just chuckling the whole chuckling or like belly laughing the whole time. Um, so uh, yeah. So Donnie decides that he's going to go crash it. Like he reads about like his son's getting married uh, in the society pages. And so uh, he's going to go cra crash the wedding. It really is, it actually is like, if this movie had been released like three or four years earlier, it would have been seen as like a, a straight up riff on Wedding Crashers because that's what he's doing, is crashing a wedding. Um, yeah. But uh, so uh, we also meet, at, at some point here, uh, we meet uh, Milo Ventimiglia, uh, from I believe Gossip Girl or is it Gilmore Girls? I don't remember. It's one of the yeah, girls. Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. Okay. He also played Rocky Balboa's son in the later Rocky movies, um, and he's a member of the Sandler Squad because he's the one of the frat boy villains in Grown Ups Two. Um, and so he is. Uh, he plays uh, Leighton Meester's brother. Wait, that's Milo. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that was. Oh my. <laughs> I, this movie I is had, amazing. <laughs> I mean, I had, like, I, I had no idea that was wow. Like, I, I guess just like the military cut threw me off. I did not recognize him. That's amazing. He's That's so, amazing. <laughs> it was the same way where I like it wasn't until the end of the movie that I was like, who played her brother? And because I saw him in the credits, and like, yeah, it's because I'm used to his uh, uh, this is us look where he's got like shoulder length hair. Oh yeah. right. Us. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he's in that. And like, and like on Gilmore Girls, he's kind of like playing like a bad boy with a heart. Like that's his character. So he has like like a like a very thick head of like James Dean hair. Wow. I I, I that's ooh, he's great it's, in this. Like this. He's oh, so he's so funny in this. And the, the the first bit where he meets 
uh, Andy Samberg. And Andy Samberg does this sort of like faux salute because Todd's a military man and he's wearing military garb. Right. Uh, I said Todd, Todd. It's not Todd. It's Milo Ventimiglia. Uh, and he, uh, his, again, it's just very, I don't know why, I don't know how anyone could not find this funny. Like, like I don't know why Like I have to defend this so hard where he's just like, Andy Samberg salutes him and he's just like, oh, are, are you a soldier? Like, oh no. He's like, oh, Air Force? Marines? Uh, Navy? Oh, so why don't you just shake my hand like the civilian that you are? And he's like, so, I don't know. There's such conviction. Like no one is phoning it in in this movie. Um, Vinton Migley is like so tightly wound the whole time. Um, he's just like, he's just a jerk, whatever. Um, and uh, we also meet uh, Tony Orlando, who I guess is a singer. Tony Orlando plays uh, Andy Samberg's boss, who I guess is like, like, you know, helping out with the wedding, like he's there to like, you know, he's like a, a big enthusiastic participant. And I, I I made a note of this because it was very notable to me. When he's showing Andy Samberg and Leighton Meester and Milo Ventimiglia around, he says they walk past this, this uh, an Asian man and woman who are the housekeepers, uh, the help at this house. And Tony Orlando says every member of, he, this is verbatim, he says, every member of my staff is lucky to be in this country, so feel free to abuse the shit out of them. And that's what I mean by, like, this, like, in the movie's so mean-spirited. The movie's so just, like, like, I, like that's such an off-handed bit. Um, and it's clear that the Asian housekeepers also despise him the way he despises <laughs> them. But it is just like, like when that happened, I was just like, whoa, fuck. Like, okay. <laughs> like, like it's such a, it's such a brazen sort of shocking. I don't know. It's, it's a weird bit. Again, it just speaks to the black, the black shriveled heart in this movie. Um, we, uh, similarly in one of those scenes, uh, we are introduced to how uh, Andy Samberg, Todd is a human calculator where he can just do like, you know, any equate like any computation, like sitting right there. Uh, and Leighton Meester's mother uh, uh, is, she says, are you sure you're not a Chinaman? Uh, and the two housekeepers overhear that and they sort of sneer as they should. And they call um, her a white whore. Yeah, and they call her a white whore. Um, uh, Leighton Meester's father in this movie is played by uh, Sandler Squad stalwart, uh, great, great uh, performer, Blake Clark. Very happy to see him in this movie, um, as we always are happy to see him. Um, so, anyways, uh, day of uh, day of the uh, of like a, a big like reception or whatever, a big a fancy fancy rich people party. Uh, Adam Sandler shows up, uh, and he uh, when uh, he comes in the door, he he gives this book that says he hands over this as a gift, a wedding gift, a book that says how to screw in the dark. And they open it up, and there's a screwdriver and a flashlight in the book. Uh, and Sam, what what makes the joke funny is that Sandler thinks it's very funny and is like cracking up about it. Um, and he shouts out Spencer's gifts. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a Spencer's gift gift. And he's just like, and that's I put that in the product placement watch because it's just like, oh, he's like, he's talking about, he's like, oh, I want to shake Spencer's hand and tell him like, what a funny gift, you know. Um, and 
so Sandler's showing up here. You think what you would think if if, if you stopped the movie right there, I would think, and you were like Wilson. What do you think is going to happen for the rest of the movie? I would be like, well, Sandler's a slob amongst snobs. So what's going to happen is that all these people are, are going to be so put out by how outrageous he is. But that's not what happens. What happens is everyone thinks he's awesome. <laughs> like all the blue bloods think he is great. Um, he salutes Milo Ventimiglia and Andy Samberg, who and he's just like, what are you doing here? You can't like, you can't let anyone know that you're my dad. Like just say that you're my friend. Um, Milo Ventimiglia, uh, he salutes Milo Ventimiglia and Milo salutes right back, like doesn't <laughs> care, like which is a great bit. Um, uh, basically, S Sandler trying to convince Andy Samberg, like uh, like to let him stay. He tells him that his mom, that like the 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 teacher, uh, Pod's mom, uh, is sick and that he should go see her, um, and then. Sandler, he's like, remember when I did Mr. Mitt or Mr. Mitty? Uh, and his Mr. Mitty voice is very similar to Scuba Steve, um, where he's like, it's okay to be sad. Um, it's like an oven mitt on his hand that he tried to like be, you know, like comfort his son. Um, there's also a great bit of product placement here where um, uh, Adam Sandler is like, do you have any Axe body spray? <laughs> and, and Sandberg goes, no, Donnie, I don't have any Axe body spray because I'm not a douchebag. What? <laughs> is that a douchebag thing? When did that happen? Yeah, yeah. That, what? That, that's a douchebag? Like, oh, I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> so then uh, Sandler goes to outside of this party and he goes up to Sandberg's boss and he just does the Budweiser what's up thing. And, and uh, there's, a mo there's a beat where Sandberg's boss is like, is that back again? And you think like, oh no, like, you know, like he 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 did a he did a faux pas. Like this is bad for Donnie. And then and then Tony Orlando is like, because I've been waiting for that to come back. What's up? <laughs> like half the people in the party do it. The like you know, uh, Late Meester's grandma does it. Oh, more on grandma in a moment. Um, but Late Meester's grandma does it. Ever the 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 Asian housekeepers do it. Uh, everyone is like, what's up? And uh, Donnie, uh, uh, Todd tries to do it. Andy Samberg tries to do it. And everyone is just like, that was pathetic. Like, that was a bad one's up. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, yeah, we should mention the granny because uh, this granny, uh, it's, it's, it's Leighton Meester's grandmother who is there to see her granddaughter betrothed. Um, and uh, she is played by, oh God, I had it up and now it's gone. Um, uh, someone who- Peggy Stewart. Uh, what's that? Peggy Stewart. Peggy Stewart, yeah. Someone who has been like a B movie, like B, like a wet, like contract for Westerns back in like the 40s and 50s. Like a, someone who's, who, she died last year, unfortunately, but a like Hollywood longtime professional. Um, and she gets to be in this movie doing the wackiest granny shit. Um, so it's a fitting swan song for her. Um, but uh, we also get Will Forte uh, showing up at this party. 
uh, playing a co-worker of uh, Andy Samberg's. And Will Forte's wife is played by Rachel Dratch, who is a Salmon Squad member. She's been in a few things now. Uh, Click, she's later in uh, The Week Of. Um, I was so happy to see them both. Yeah, and she unfortunately is not... I mean, it's fine. She gets to do a lot of things in other movies, uh, other Sandler movies. But she unfortunately doesn't really... She doesn't really get much time to shine in this one. She's sort of just like a, you know, happy-to-be-there player, it seems. Um, but then um, they uh, they all realize... So, so, here, so here we have this great bit where they're all sitting around talking about like, well, how do you know? Because they're pretending that he's not, the, they're not father and son. So, well, how do you know Donnie? And, uh, uh, well, and Sandler tells this story about uh, Andy Samberg dropped a burrito onto some subway tracks and uh, a train was coming. And so Sandler had to jump down and save him uh, from the oncoming train. And rather than everyone being like, that's the stupidest fucking story I've ever heard. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That clearly never happened. They're all indignant at Andy Samberg because they're like, why, why wouldn't you just get another burrito? Wouldn't the burrito be dirty? Like, why would you do that? And Samberg the whole time was just like, yes, just one of the many things about this story that seems hard to believe. Um, no one, no one questions it at all or no one questions any part of it except for Andy Samberg's part where they're like how could you do that like that's so crazy to me um hey, and then guys, um, um uh, real quick I'm so sorry but uh real quick interjection um I'm just reading some that's my boy trivia um <laughs> as, as we go over this and apparently the script got like a little bit of a polish from David Wayne Ken Marino Tim Tim Hurley so it looks like we had a lot of uh a like a lot of voices here, uh, which in a way, like the, the David Wayne of it all almost makes sense because this movie does have a certain level of absurdity to it that I can see coming from like the state, uh, you know, team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. There's some, there's something about this. There's something, there's something about the, the sense of humor in this movie where it's like, oh, it's, it's clear that it, it it's clear that there were some darker minds at work here. Yeah. Like, I mean, like um, in a way, like, like a 13 year old being seduced by a, like a hot teacher and him and all of his friends seeing that as awesome. But like, but like the like legal authorities being like, what, this is horrifying. Put her in jail. That like, that sounds like a state sketch in a like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, you know, like there's a part where they, there's a part where uh, they play baseball. Oh, oh, sorry. We also there's a bit where Will Forte, who's apparently been chosen as Donnie's as, as Todd's best man, even though they're only like co-workers, not friends. Um, something happens where Sandler ends up being chosen as Sandberg's best man. Um, and uh, you know, they you know, Sandler's just hitting it off with everyone. They play baseball, um, and uh, you know, Sandberg is bad at that, he fucks it up. Uh Sandler later on is in the hot tub with a bunch of uh, hot ladies, um, and uh, he gets out at one point to take a call, and he's like, and like they make sh sure to show you that his dick is enormous, um, and uh, the uh, so we learn that Andy Samberg is you know a never nude, uh, and he and Sandler have this this sort of fight, this uh, contentious conversation where. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Andy Samberg shows that he has this new kid, new kids on the block tattoo on his back uh, that he got when he was in third grade. And so now it's all distorted and fucked up because his body grew. Um, and Sandler also shows that he has a tattoo of the character tattoo from fantasy Island saying De Plain, De Plain. Um, great, great stuff all around. Um, the, uh, he, he wrestles with Andy Samberg and, uh, Amalovitz Miglia gets in on the action. Um, uh, we, we see Donnie, Donnie at some point wrote a book called Head in the Class. <laughs> um, and he when he wrote a uh, a sweet dedication to his son uh in the on the first page um so then we get donnie uh sandler in his room his guest room uh and he's looking through the reading material to find something to jerk it to and uh he he comes across a photo of hillary clinton and he's like well i've partied with your husband too much It'll feel disrespectful, which makes me wonder, is Donnie Berger on the Epstein flight logs? <laughs> uh, it's certainly possible. But, so he just he declines to jerk it to Hillary Clinton. He instead grabs a photo of, gra of Grandma, and it's two photos in one frame. Uh, one when she was like in the 40s and one uh, when, like current age. Um, so he starts jerking it with a tube of Vaseline product placement. Um, and he, uh, he, he, he starts jerking off to her, but he's looking at the young, he's looking at the young version and he's saying things like, I want to take you to the speakeasy and do the naked Charleston. <laughs> um, and then he, he looks over at the old photo. He's like, what's this? Old, old grandma wants to get in on the action? Like, oh. And then he realizes at a certain point that he's more into the old, old version than the young version. Um, <laughs> and there's a bit where he is, there's a bit where he's, Sandler is doing his, his, his Donnie Burger voice. Look, masturbating while he's staring at this old woman. And he just keeps going, what have you done to me? What have you done to me? And <laughs> I was almost crying with laughter watching this. Like I, it, it, it destroyed me. Because um, like at several points, you expect the scene to just like, okay, we're gonna cut now. And it does not. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> um, and so the next next morning, Grandma comes in and starts cleaning up all these tissues in Donnie's room. Um, there's one stuck to like the ceiling fan or whatever. Uh, and uh, Andy Samberg comes in and he's like, oh no, sorry, he's sick. Like you should, you should you get out of here. Um, and uh, like, and grandma clearly knows that she, he was jerking off to her. Um, if he's not feeling well, you should tell him to not masturbate so much. <laughs> which I have to say to grandma, that's not true. Masturbation builds your immune system. Oh, thank you. I read, a, I read an article about that during COVID times. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, so, so we get that there's a reception, uh, not a reception, sorry, a rehearsal. Um, and, uh, you know, at the church for Donnie's, uh, I keep saying, I keep getting Donnie and Todd confused. For Andy Samberg's wedding, and who is the priest? But Sandler's squad, a returning, 
Returning Sailor Squad favorite, 16 years later, uh, a, a year plus after we reviewed his last contribution to the Sandler filmography, we get none other than the uh, venerable James Caan. Uh, James Caan is playing this Irish priest. James Caan, who we mentioned on the Bulletproof episode, uh, is Adam Sandler's self-proclaimed like acting hero. Um is the only other appearance that James Caan makes in a Sandler film. Uh, and he has this very uh, realistic-seeming uh, Irish accent. Um, and I don't know. There's some shit in the church here where uh, they end up fighting. Uh, J- he, he ends up punching uh, Andy Samberg, James Caan does, and they take it outside. They're fighting. Shades of the Bob Barker fight in Happy Gilmore. Right. Oh, and we, we see here, I think we've seen it once before, or maybe maybe this is the first time we've seen it. We see, uh, Ad, we see Adam Sandler's superpower, which is that he can knock anybody out by hitting them over the head with a beer bottle, um, <laughs> which he does to James Caan. He knocks him out. Um, it kind of becomes like a running gag. Like, I don't know, like the frying pan entangled was weirdly the what that whatever what it reminded me of <laughs> for sure that's a yeah that's a good comparison um sandler hits him uh with a rolling rock bottle so that's more product placement for you um and they're trying to figure out the whole wedding party trying to figure out well, what are we going to do for a church you know the bride late meester's freaking out um it's like what are we gonna do for a priest and a church and uh and I like it when I like it when Andy Samberg apologizes and Will Forte is just like, "Sorry, it's not going to keep you from burning in hell, Todd." <laughs> there's some so, great, uh, there's some great Forte moments in this movie. Oh, he's he's very funny, and this is two years post MacGruber, uh, which for anyone out there who somehow has not seen MacGruber is one of the all time great movie comedies. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's very funny in this. Um, was he still on Saturday Night Live at this point, or had he left? I think he's still on it. I think he's still on it for maybe another year or two. Because I think he's yes. on there until like right before, like a year or two before Last Man on Earth. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that he was on it uh, for a couple more years. Uh, it looks like he left. Okay, so he started Last Man on Earth 2015, and he stopped SNL in. Uh, Oh, I guess he ended in 2010. Oh, wow. He's like, yeah, I mean, it looks like he had a, a few roles in 2010. And then in 2011, he had just like one episode. In 2012, he had just one episode. So, yeah, I hadn't realized that he ended that early. Well, he's great. Um, and, you know, all, all respect to Will Forte. Um, and speaking of Will Forte, uh, we, 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 we move into the bachelor party section of the film in which uh, Will Forte has set up the bachelor party for Andy Samberg. And uh, he has gotten them a spa package, like basically just like a bunch of dudes, like hanging out at a spa, getting treatments. Uh, and of course, Sandler is furious about this, where he's just like, I don't understand, like what, like, like is someone going to take their shirt off? Like, are we going to see some tits? Like, what's going on? Um and uh, there, there's a bit where there's a bit where Sandler goes up to a woman who was like giving them like a a, a a server at this spa, who was like giving them towels or something, and he says, "You gotta show my son your tits later." And I was just like, "Man, like what a what 
what a picture. Like, what a what a character to base a movie around. Did we um, did, did we enter Forte into the uh, Sandler squad? It looks uh, like he's in uh, Grown Ups Two as like a uncredited role, but then Ridiculous in, Six. Ridiculous, he's in Ridiculous Six, so Will yeah. Forte Sandler squad as well. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I forgot he's one of the funniest parts of Ridiculous Six. Like him and Steve Zahn have that bit together. It's like the one eyed band. Anyways, we'll get to Ridiculous Six. Um, we're close. We're closer than than you can imagine. Um, but uh, so then we get uh, we cut to uh, Sandler's getting a massage by none other than Sandler Squad member and uh, wife to Adam Sandler, Jackie. Jackie Sandler. Um, she's massaging him, and uh, she notices that he has a $5 bill sticking out of his towel, and he's trying to, like, get a hand job. And that's the bit that I was alluding to earlier where we cut to – we, like, cut to a different angle, like, ha- like you know, a minute or two into the scene, and we realize that he's doing this in the same room as everyone else getting massages. And so they're all hearing him propositioning Jackie Sandler. Um, <laughs> And I thought that was pretty great. Um, so finally, Sandler kind of revolts and insists that he take them to Bacon and Legs. Um, they go to the strip club. All the guys are, you know, they're having a, a real a real bachelor party, a real good time. Um, while they're at this, while they're at Bacon and Legs, uh, Andy Samberg and Ciara have a little meet cute where they're, you know, it seems like they're a little bit flirty or they're like, you know, hitting it off a bit. Um, and then uh, everyone else goes home, but uh, Samberg and Sandler decide to go to the skating rink where uh, Ice Cube, Ice Cube, uh, Vanilla Ice is working. Uh, they, they mentioned that earlier that Vanilla Ice is currently working for, uh, working for skating rink, making chicken nuggets. Um, Sandler and uh, Vanilla Ice make up where he's just like, he's like, you know, I never, I never had sex with your mom. Uh, I like, I think like, I think she like tried to give me head, but I didn't finish. It was uh, just a hand job over the pants, he says. Right, it was a hand job over the pants, but I couldn't, uh, I didn't finish. And Vanilla Ice is like, Mo, mom, she did like to fuck. And they're all like, ha 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 There's a bit where, there's a bit where, uh, they put chicken nuggets into Andy Samberg's like shirt pocket and then like nugget pocket, nugget pocket, nugget <laughs> pocket. Um, and then Todd Bridges from different strokes is also working at this skating rink. Um, <laughs> he, he's not a Sandler squad member, but it should be mentioned that he's in this movie. Um, so then, you know, Vanilla Ice joins their party. They go even more buck wild. Um, they go into a convenience store and get chased out with a dude uh, with a gun who ends up joining them for the rest of the night. Um, Sandler shows Todd how to ride a bike on like a little girl's bike because he never, he was a bad father and never showed Andy Samberg how to ride a bike. Um, and uh, they, he, Andy Samberg crashes into a car with uh, some fat naked people in it who are having sex. And the fat naked people get out and chase uh chase them all around it's like i gotta say these fat naked people uh seem like they're really enjoying themselves i mean like 
like, like it's one of those things where I'm like, it feels like they were laughing every take, and they just <laughs> didn't have like, because like there's, if you, if you go back, if you happen to do a, a deep dive rewatch of that's my boy, you can like watching them chase like Andy Samberg and Adam Sandler and Vanilla Ice around, like they look like they're having fun, like they're supposed to be mad, but they're enjoying it. <laughs> And that's yeah. like a gag that's straight out of Sideways too. Like I've seen that joke before. Nevertheless, I was still laughing my ass off. Much better than Sideways. Yeah, this the pretty much every like every one of their shenanigans that happens throughout this, where they just like keep accumulating more. Like it seems like they accumulate people that are like chasing them, but they're not chasing them like angrily. It seems like they're not a mob. They're like chasing him almost in like the celebration. Like yeah. the, like he he runs out of the bowling alley, which a is like. A weird bowling alley. All their bowling balls are like the size of, you know, coconuts. Uh-huh. That's not strange. But like they start chasing the gas station or the convenience store attendant that follows them out with the shotgun and just like keeps blowing the shotgun into the air all throughout. It's I, I, I thought that was a really great gag to just keep that guy around. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. The, the the part where there's the part where they leave the bowling alley and they're all running away and everyone like is chasing them down. That was almost like that part in Hot Rod where the riot starts, like during the during the like like they're marching to at the end, and it's like suddenly the riot starts, and they like started out with super positive energy, and then I don't know what happened. Um, well, and they then the uh, where they're peeing on the diner. That scene feels to me like a Billy Madison scene in a way, and then ends just on that really surreal moment where the guy, the dude shoots the window like right where a kid was. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Um, oh God, I'm just seeing it again. It's just he's like point blank shooting at someone's face. Are you at that part now? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I've oh. I've, I've been keeping up. Yeah. Okay, I was, I was gonna say, wow, we're, we're keeping really on track here. Um, so uh, they go back home. Uh, you know, Adam Sandler tells uh tells his son that he loves him. Uh, Sandberg says, I probably would have fucked my teacher too. Uh. And uh, <laughs> back back inside, Sandler starts to jerk it to Grandma again, and Grandma comes in and proposes that they have sex, and she says the line, "I'm gonna ride you like a Model T," and I just want to like again give a shout out to this veteran of Hollywood, you know, in one of her final roles, like prominent roles, like getting to say that line in the movie. Um, She's having a good time. Andy Sandberg comes in uh, and simultaneously jerks off and barfs on Leighton Meester's wedding dress. <laughs> um, the next morning when Leighton Meester discovers that and freaks out, she says, you puked on my dress and then fucked it. And Adam Sandler, who has run in with nunchucks because he thought something was happening, uh, when she says, you puked on my dress and then fucked it, Adam Sandler just starts cackling. And he's like, ha ha, you madman. Um, Vanilla Ice comes in and Leighton Meester, uh, understandably, is like, what is Vanilla Ice doing in our bedroom? Um, and Vanilla Ice says, I'm going to go finish up with Grandma Dolores. Uh, <laughs> and so Sandberg takes the dress to the cleaners. And while that's happening, Sandler goes downstairs and serves breakfast to uh, serves breakfast to the Chinese housekeepers. And here is a fascinating moment in this movie because the maid, the woman, he's, we come in in the middle of the scene where he is talking about him being 
you know, statutorily raped by his teacher and talking about it. And she says, this Chinese uh, or Asian woman says, you were, she says, you were only 13 years old. She took advantage of you. And Adam Sandler says, yeah, that's what the law says, but we were kind of like soulmates. Deeply upsetting perspective for this movie to have, although it does have, like that's not a one-off, like the movie definitely believes that. Yes. Um, but it's the fact that they, like you could be forgiven, like you could imagine, you could imagine someone making a movie like this and it being fucked up because they clearly don't understand how fucked up the situation is. But that's not what's going on here. This scene, in addition to others, makes it pretty clear the people involved in this movie, as you said, I think, Chris, they have a moral compass. They're just not using it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's and, and, you know, like the stuff with like Sandler and Sarandon, as well as, uh, you know, the, like uh, as well as the first opening 15 minutes, like it's it, it's it's performed with, with such gusto. Um and 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 like such enthusiasm like it's like they know that this is all pretty disgusting but they're having so much i don't know it's there's like a lot of tones that are being juggled here um in a way that it doesn't feel like they're being juggled <laughs> um i got like i got like i got close to saying just now like well in a movie that that's this gross like it's kind of sweet that you know that like donnie um and and like the teacher actually love each other i got close to saying that just now but i don't I'm not going to. I don't right. want to, but the movie kind of plays with it. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've made this comparison before with like Sandler movies, but like certain Sandler movies, even like Jack and Jill, where it's like compare. I feel like this movie is like in a lineage with something like Freddy Got Fingered or Clifford, where it's so cheerfully like about a world in which the worst people are rewarded or the work like, like, and it takes it as a, like for granted where it's like, Oh, like, like take this fucked up thing. And like, we all know it's fucked up, but the movie plays it like, even though it acknowledges that it knows what's right and what's wrong, the movie plays it totally straight, totally like this is a fine, legitimate relationship. Um, and it's just, it's so it cannot be stressed enough how crazy that is. Like how 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 weird it is that this movie exists at all. Um so yeah, so after Adam Sandler has denied uh or has reaffirmed that actually no, he and this teacher that he had sex with 28 years ago are soulmates. Uh he realizes that Andy Sandberg is going to the prison to visit his mom. And Sandberg still thinks that it's that his mom's sick and dying, and that's why he needs to go. And Sandler's like, "Oh no, I've got like I've reconnected with my son. I don't want to." So <laughs> they go to the jail. They go to the jail, and who should be there? But well, I mean, they know that she's going to be there. Uh, but <laughs> we meet the current day Miss uh, Miss McGarrigle. And she is played in a coup of casting. She's played by none other than Susan Sarandon. Woo. Uh, Susan Sarandon, who, it must be said, great legendary actress. 
Um, you know, like seems like a really cool person. Um, if I may be allowed a uh, somewhat, uh, uh, you know, sort of knuckle dragon comment here, um, she is gorgeous in this movie. Like, like even at this, like, like at, at her age, she's just like she. I mean, fuck it, I, strike that for any age. She's a incredibly hot lady. She is. Um, anytime I. I don't know, like I rewatch something like Bull Durham or 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 seeing something like this for essentially the first time and she pops up. I'm kind of reminded of new. They're like, oh, you know what? Sarandon is maybe the sexiest woman who's ever lived. Like <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy how and like what a what a true like I mean I was kind of joking at first, but like what a what a coup to get like Eva Amuri and then Susan Sarandon playing her own daughter as an older woman. Um, I mean, it, it works. They look very similar. Yeah, and this yeah. is this oh, is sorry. like sorry, go ahead. I was going to say this is like thirty-seven years after uh, Rocky Horror. Yeah, and this is she's got to be right now sixty something. She's in her sixties, yeah. And it's like I mean, I remember a few years before this movie, I remember seeing her in. I mean, this is weird because she's playing like the most mom character who ever mommed in a movie. But I remember seeing her in Speed Racer as Speed Racer's mother and being like, good Lord, she's still got it. Like, man. Um, and like, she plays she plays Marmy in the 94 Winona Ryder Little Women. She's very good in that. And obviously, you know, that's a different kind of mother that she's playing in that movie. But uh, like, that's what, nearly like 30 years made before That's My Boy? She has an age today. That's actually probably like, that's, actually, that's only probably like 16 years. Because I think if 95, no, 90, when did that come out? 95? Yes. So let's see. 94, I think. Seven, 17 or 18 years. Okay, you know what? I think I might have uh, added like a decade there accidentally. But yeah, but still though, like she, yeah, no, she, uh, uh, she is a one of a kind. Oh, and also, um, I'm going to go on a limb and say um, I'm probably the only like uh, devoted fan of, of the sitcom Friends in this, in this group. However, I will say there's a late season episode where like uh, Matt LeBlanc's character Joey is a soap opera actor, and you see that like he's gonna do a scene with like this huge soap opera star, and it's played by Susan Sarandon, and it's like a, and it's like a guest episode that she does. And in that scene, when you first meet her character, kind of like doing this hokey, you know, uh, corny soap opera thing, it's her and her daughter Eva Miri, like circa Saved or whatever. It was like around two thousand two, and like they had this big long drawn out soap opera sequence where Susan slaps her really hard. It's very funny. And um, you know, any uh, it's worth checking out just to watch them act together. So, Susan Sarandon walks up uh, in the same sort of like she she walks up and drinks from a water fountain. It's playing like "I Was Made for Loving You, Baby" by Kiss, uh, and uh, she sits down to meet with uh, Sandberg and Sandler, um, and something <laughs> something. <laughs> Just contributes to how fucked up this movie is, is that Sandler immediately reverts to being 13 years old. Yeah. Like he's just like, yes, Miss McGarrigal. Well, he's not saying Helen or whatever her name is. Like, right. He is I, I don't think absolutely- her first name is ever referred to. He is absolutely enthralled to her. 
as though he were still 13 years old. And it's like, again, it's like, oh, that's what makes this movie more fucked up than it would have been otherwise. It's like, this movie knows what it's doing. Like, people, this isn't, this isn't negligence. Like, they knew, and they still made this. So you have to, you have to sort of parse it on that level. You have to sort of take it at that level, where it's like, okay, like, he, like, this movie acknowledges that, like, he is in a fucked up, immoral relationship and yet the movie doesn't question it or the movie doesn't the movie doesn't like negate it or say like this is wrong it's just sort of like the movie lets you know that it also has a moral compass but it's like hey what are you gonna do you know it's fucked up right um it's very funny (laughs) um so yeah i mean in this scene uh basically uh Sandler says that he's never stopped loving her, which is, again, is fucked up. And then Dan Patrick shows up with cameras uh, filming the reunion, and Sam Berg realizes, like, oh, my God, like, my dad lied to me. Like, she wasn't dying. He just did this for money and publicity. Um, uh, Leaving the jail, Andy Samberg falls down and shits his pants because he's so upset. Um, That's a thing that happens. Um, And then, uh, you know, Sandler's all upset and he's back at the big house and he overhears Leighton Meester talking to someone on the phone where it sounds like, you know, she's talking about like, I don't care. Like, like I'll be married to Todd in a few days and it it won't matter. Like, you know, like we just have to keep this a secret. So he's pretty sure she's having an affair. Um, He tries to expose her, but it turns out like, oh no, like she was talking to a newspaper reporter. Uh, like about getting their, you know, wedding announced in the society section or whatever. But then Sandler tracks Leighton Meester to a hotel and the night before the wedding, and he encounters her having sex with dun, 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 her brother, Milo Ventimiglia. Uh, now, Sandler starts vomiting when he sees that they are having sex. Um, and I got to say, incest to me yes that's fucked up and gross and disturbing however he doesn't really have a leg to stand on here considering that he was not able to give consent at age 13 (laughs) and this incest bare minimum is consensual yeah so it's a little bit rich for donnie burger to be claiming that oh this is fucked up or beyond the pale or whatever um, but that is the thing that happens in this movie is that Milo Ventimiglia and Leighton Meester have what they call secret tickle time. <laughs> um, and uh, we the also feel that of this is great too. Like it's this long drawn out thing. You can hear like Leighton's sex noises. You think it's gonna be like what her boss at first, but like she's so like like whoever she's straddling it like it like they're so concealed that honestly like as it was leading up to it i was like oh like the the reveal is gonna be is that she's like just getting off on a vibrator or whatever and it's just like basically just you know having some fun like private time while she's getting ready for the for the wedding but no the reveal when it comes is uh i should i should have known by now with this movie that it that it, <laughs> it wasn't gonna pull any punches nope um so we, we also learned that uh, that Milo Ventimiglia is not actually in the armed forces. Uh, he wears the uniform so that his dad doesn't know that he's a modern jazz dancer. <laughs> um, and Sandler 
takes $50,000 from Leighton Meester to not tell his son. So it seems like Sandler's financial problems are solved. Um, and, uh, you know, Donnie's about to get married. James Kahn is back again as the priest. Um, although there is a bit that we won't even get into, like it's, it's hard to explain, but there's a joke about getting a black priest for the wedding. And when you see that priest who is who's too busy playing Angry Birds on his phone, uh, it is played by, I am going to get the pronunciation wrong, so forgive me in advance, Abdullah Ngum. Ngum? Uh, he is the uh, he's uh, the main like sort of African guide in Blended. He's also real quick, Wilson. So uh, he's I'm pulling this up real quick just so I don't mess it up. Um, sure. Da, da, da. Sorry. So he's referred to as Doc Shockaloo, which is his character's name in Grandma's Boy. All right. Yeah. So he, you, 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 you are right. He's also in Blended, but I think it's like it is an explicit callback to to Grandma's Boy. Now, okay. Well, there you go. It's been a while since I've seen Grandma's Boy. I need to revisit that one. Yeah. The only reason why I, I like, I, I knew that off the bat is because I like there was a period of time my first year in college where we literally watched that nearly like like once a day for Hell a yeah. few months there. Um. So yeah, Doctor Shockaloo. It was good to see him. That's great. Um. I Sandler talk. He calls up Rex Ryan again, and Chris, we were talking about this earlier, but it's one of my favorite. Uh, it's like Sandler explains what's going on. He's like, you know, like I can't believe I had to take, I had to, I had to take money from my son's fiance who's sleeping with her brother, and Rex Ryan goes, he goes, yeah, I've been there. Hell, we all we've all been there. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's quite a moral thicket or something. yeah he goes it was Sandler, Sandler says uh, he's just like I don't know uh, I feel pretty shitty about like taking money in exchange for like letting my kid marry someone who doesn't love him and Rex Ryan goes yeah it's a moral it's kind of a moral thicket <laughs> <laughs> well I'm sure glad you acknowledged it Rex because that's what this whole movie is is a moral thicket <laughs> um, uh, but then uh, so Sandler uh, decides he's going to go stop the wedding he gets in the car with vanilla ice uh, they play Ice Ice Baby as they're driving like mad to get there. They get out of the car and they run to the wedding. Um, I really like when they get to the wedding and uh, they're out of breath. Uh, Sandler and Vanilla Ice are both out of breath and they can't really say anything. <laughs> and everyone's just looking at them. And then Sandler's like, uh, like, I don't think these two should be wed. And they're like, we're past that part. <laughs> he's just like, well, what, what are my options? <laughs> um, and so uh, Sandler then gives this monologue that, so this, this to me, this monologue is actually the, th the thing that I would point to, to like definitively show people that like, no, like this movie, whether you think this matters or not, this movie is aware of how fucked up it is. Like I, I read a review earlier that was like, oh, it tries to have its cake and eat it too and actually be sweet and actually have like real emotion. And I'm like, no. The part where Adam Sandler is saying, like, I know you have to wait for real love because I know what real love is, that's deeply fucked up. Like, I, and I think the movie knows it because the way he's describing love is like, he's like, oh, you just, you, you know, it's a different thing, full of feelings of awesomeness. 
It's deep in your head. It's in your dick. And it's like, okay, this man is clearly an idiot and has no <laughs> idea what love is. But he says all that. Um, and then uh, they admit that they're father and son. Um, he tears up, the uh, Sandler tears up the check that Leighton Meester gave him. Um, and he says, like, he, he makes her tell her secret to Andy Samberg. Um, she whispers her secret. And, well, first she whispers something else because Samberg's like, well, that's not that bad. And, and, and Adam's <laughs> like, he's just like, you can't fucking say it. Say the real thing. <laughs> and then she whispers to him and he freaks out and he's like, you fucked your brother? Um, everyone's really upset about it because of course, you I mean, you would. Uh, we also get a Sandler Squad member here, Peter Dante as Tony Orlando's dumb fucking idiot. Wait, is Tony, is it Blake Clark? Or who is, whose kid does he play? Um, he is... I don't even remember. It's someone's kid. Um, he's... Uh... I thought he was Blake Clark's other kid. He's Tony, okay. he's, uh, he's Tony Orlando's son. He's Tony, yeah, because oh. Tony Orlando talks about his, his stoner kid in like Breckenridge or whatever. Uh. Um, so yeah, so... Peter Dante's there, staying on the squad. Um, the, uh, the, you know, Sandberg is like the wedding's off. Leighton Meester runs at, uh, runs at Sandler with like a beer bottle. Um, and Sandler just like knocks her out. With, oh no, sorry. She runs it in with a knife. Sandler knocks her out with a beer bottle. Um, I like the, uh, Vanilla Ice in this scene says, word to your mother, you brother fucker. Um, and then uh, Sandberg does the same thing where he he like beer bottle knocks out Milo Ventimiglia, and they leave these stuffy blue bloods with their heads held high. So to recap, real fast, we've got Sandler and his son have reconciled. Sandler is still waiting for the true love of his life to get out of prison so that they can be together. But unfortunately, Sandler still owes 48000 to the IRS. And he really has no chance of, 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 you know, of paying that off. But, and I actually think we forgot to mention this earlier. One of the first scenes in this movie, Rex Ryan mentions, he's like, you know, <laughs> he says, you know, here's a way that you can pay off the IRS. Uh, the, the Boston Marathon is happening soon and there's a fat guy with like a 20 to, with like 20 to one odds or whatever, <laughs> but this kid's the real deal. And Adam Sandler, who says he has like $50 in the bank is like, yeah, 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 whatever. Put, put the money on that guy. Like he doesn't even think about it. And we, the audience, of course, don't think anything else about it, but <laughs> we cut to bacon and legs the strip club where Andy Samberg and Adam Sandler are buds now. They're hanging out. Ciara is there. Um, and Sandler is reconciled with the fact that he is going to go to prison. But then Rex Ryan runs in the door and he's just like, Donnie, Donnie, turn on the TV. And they turn on the TV. And the fat guy, uh, who's played by a guy named Brad Grunberg, who was technically an I pronounce you Chuck and Larry, so he's the Sandler squad member. Uh, this fat man wins the Boston Marathon, therefore winning Adam Sandler a ton of money, therefore sparing him from jail. We freeze frame 
on them all celebrating the fact <laughs> that this man has won credits. So after I just love how it like this comes right after his whole thing is like, look, no, I gotta go to jail. It's about it's about time that Donnie Berger starts owning up to his mistakes and making things right. Like like it's you know, it's like okay, so this movie's ending on a note of like somewhat contrition on his part, he's taking responsibility. And then oh no, yeah, no. Remember that bet? <laughs> it's very um I had not even thought about it until this meeting, but it's very observe and report or um, young adult. Yes. Where it's like the person almost learns the lesson that they need to learn and then they don't. Um, and I truly, even more so than the endings to those movies, young adult and observe and report, the ending to this is so, I. it's hard. For, I would need a whole other like hours long podcast to describe why I I think something like this is so funny where it's like you literally in in a tossed off moment have set something up and that ends up being the thing the deus ex machina that gets you out of all trouble like <laughs> it's a little bit it's a little bit like uh, how in the Werner Herzog bad lieutenant with Nicolas Cage Everything is very bad for him until there's a scene late in that movie where all of a sudden, for no reason other than like the vagaries of fate, uh, everything goes Nicolas Cage's way. Where like someone comes in and they're like, hey, that like that investigation into you, like that got called off. They couldn't find evidence. And then someone comes in and is like, your bet paid off, so you don't owe that guy anymore. Like, like everything just falls into place for this person in a way that's like unjust and has nothing to do with story logic. And it's so funny here. Like, I would love, like, if someone handed me this script and it was like, oh, he gets out of it at the, well, how, well what about the taxes? That's a, like a dangling thing. And then at the end, he gets out of it because he bet on a fat guy in the first 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Bravo. Italian chef's kiss to all. That's, that's my boy. <laughs> Did, uh, I wasn't listening for this. Did Colin Quinn, he is listed as a strip club DJ. Does he ever actually come on? I don't think like, he's in the movie. Yeah. I don't think I mean I don't think he I don't think his face is shown. It must either be like an, a voice thing or just a deleted scene. Maybe it's a deleted scene uh, because I don't I mean we'll we'll include him I guess in Sandler's squad for this, but I don't think that he I, I until you said that I did not realize. Um Dennis Dugan is school janitor. Wow. So that's, that's Sandler's squad as well. Um, but yeah, so that's, that is, that's my boy. Um, and as we've already sort of talked about, I mean, I think this is a, um, I just, I, I think this movie, you know, it comes at the sort of the tail end. It's a little bit of the harbinger of like Sandler's waning theatrical popularity and the, the death of big studio comedies in theaters and so it was sort of seen when it came out as like a, a big swing and a miss. But I, this, I just, I, I don't think this thing can be ignored. Like if you want to talk about Adam Sandler, like you talk about dark R-rated, like mainstream comedies. Like I, 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 I've upgraded this viewing. I've upgraded into the category of like, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies. And I genuinely, it's just like, no, like people, people should be talking about this one. Definitely. Um, up until today, I'd only seen bits and pieces of it. I think um, 
passing through Vulcan one time. Like I, cause I know I, I, I had seen the scene, the late movie scene where they go back to jail and they're talking to Sarandon through the like visiting glass. Uh-huh. But that's really all I remembered about it. And like, I was, you know, and like, I knew more or less the, like the premise, but this is my first time watching it proper. And, and you know, as, as I made clear, I was kind of like blown away by it and just how funny I found it was. Cause it'd be one thing if this movie was, you could say like, oh yeah, no, that movie, like it's so like, it's like its central premise is so, it's so wrong, you know, like that would be like that, like that would make it memorable enough. But the fact that it's so committed to itself, the fact that uh, it's just a, like a, on a line for like line for line, scene for scene basis, like it's just super funny. There are bits in it, like a, like the reveal of the friend, the, like the other classmate um, in, in, in the classroom early on. And there are some like certain, line deliveries from like Milo uh, soldier, crazy soldier, brother fucker character that I find hysterical. <laughs> like there's so much going on here that, yeah, no, I, I, right now I feel comfortable maybe even putting it like in like a top 10. I'd have to kind of like do some rearranging uh, and sort of see where it would land, but it's definitely up there. I definitely feel like people are sleeping on it. Um, in the past maybe year or so, I want to say it seems like folks are rediscovering Jack and Jill if for nothing else, then then at least for the Al Pacino performance, yeah. which is great, and I'm and I'm glad that the people are coming around on it if they are. But wow, should they give this another go? And and uh, talking about it with with you guys today, um, I think in the future, if I'm gonna try to like recommend it, I will probably go the route of like Step Brothers. Like it's like it's 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 like Sandler Step Brothers. Like it is in such bad taste, but give it some credit; they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so Austin, you're you're. Are you a fan, or what's a? Um, yeah, I mean, I I definitely do enjoy it. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's raunchy. I think it's funny. Um, I don't know if I would go top ten. Um, it's I top five for me, honestly. Top five. Like, in terms of in terms of pure like humor, I mean, like mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm including Punch Drunk Love, Meyerowitz stories, funny people then it probably gets crowded out of the top five, like with like uncut gems or whatever. Like it's not going to be there. But like, if you're, if you were asking me purely for minute by minute laughs, I would say this is up there with like, it's like only like his 90s stuff, really. Like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore are the ones that are like the closest as far as like, I am laughing constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I, I really do like it. I mean, and I remember when watching it for the first time, it was like it just struck me as being something kind of different. Uh, and that's that's maybe the thing that stands out the most is like that hard R comedy is just something different, where it, it's more of the same, but actually not really. Yeah, and so it's so funny to to like read. I mean, I understand. Like again, we talk about like critics hate his stuff, and that's fine. But it's like, it's so funny to read people being like, oh, is this him trying to like, he's like trying to appeal to some other like demographic or it's like, like, I just think it's funny when, or like he's trying to make a, a raunchy R-rated comedy and like he miscalculates because he gets the balance wrong of like fucked upness to sweetness or whatever. And I'm just like, I find a movie like this, not only do I find it much funnier than like any of the Hangover movies, but I also find it more, you know, more honest than any of the hangover movies about how fucked up it is. Like, I think the fact that it's like, 
it, it sort of like has its cake and eat it too. It eats it too, where it's just like, oh, like, like this is deeply upsetting and fucked up. But we're like, no one's gonna call him on this because, like, that's the world we're portraying. Like, I don't know. I find yeah, like, like the, the Hangover movies are a different kind of evil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'd say, and like that, like, and that's a whole other, that's a whole other uh, topic of conversation. But right, but that's like. They are a level of evil that, whereas this one, like, is, like, they're simultaneously, like, evil and maybe, like, toothless at the same time. I'm not quite sure how I can finish that thought. Whereas something like That's My Boy at least has, like, the courage of its sleazy convictions, I suppose. Yes. I mean, I think that, like, yes, The Hangover ultimately backs off of any sort of, like, in, in, in the, the Hangover movies back off of any sort of like real critique of its characters. And I think there's a way in which that's my boy. It's not that it, it's not that it like punishes its characters, but the pointed way in which it does not punish its characters is somehow more cutting and more like sort of like funnier and more fucked up and darker than anything else than anything in those like hangover films that are supposedly like that that are supposedly like oh look at these people behaving badly and it's like uh-huh. you know those movies it seems to be like those movies seem to be like inviting the audience to be like isn't this character awesome and the jokes in that's my boy or the funniest bits of that's my boy seem to be like isn't it funny that the world accommodates somebody like Donnie Burr. Is it isn't it funny in a fucked up black-hearted way that he could live this life and have everyone support him? Um, I don't know. It's I've I've I I actually don't have really anything negative to say about this movie. I know this is like our like this might be like the most like fanboyish like, you know, or like most going to, you know, like when we talk about like an Alpine Lunchy, Chuck and Larry, or Grown Ups, or whatever, we're just like, oh, surprisingly, it's actually pretty good. It's better than, like, you remembered it, or it's better than its reputation, or whatever, but this is a movie where I'm just like, no, like, I think, I think some, like, magical alchemy happened with, like, all the different, like, Sandler and Sandberg and a, a director who's not Dennis Dugan, <laughs> and, and an R rating and a darker sensibility ended up making this thing that accidentally was, like, kind of brilliant. <laughs> For sure. Um, For sure. And uh, like just the cast is stacked. The movie looks really good. There's um, there's a bit where when uh, they go to visit Sarandon in jail and it's sort of like her her like her sexy walk up to the visiting station. And it's like her just walking past all the other prisoners and like there's some lens flare going on, some like strategically sexy lens flare. And just I died laughing just that visual choice. Like there's a lot just going on, just packed into the frame in this movie. Um, it's interesting that, like, between That's My Boy and Jack and Jill, which, is, is it fair to say that, like, that like these two are maybe, like, the nadir of, like, how things are being critically received? Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, like, so not only, like, are they generally not loved movies, but this is also when people really have their knives out and calling... Um, sandler lazy like that word gets used a lot and i mean you can like i'll give you just go with it 
with like the whole like paid vacation cargo shorts of it all. But no one could call Sandler lazy and Jack and Jill are that's my boy. He is showing up and giving some wild and committed performances here, um, as is everyone else. Like it's 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 fun to watch. It's impressive to watch. Yeah, this is a this is one of the shames of this like uh, of this podcast in a way is like looking back on these movies watching them alone like i'd love to see this with an audience i'd love to see jack and jill with an audience just kind of like see how it played out absolutely um because yeah i mean it's uh i think as we go on especially with the netflix ones those are probably like those are the ones you'll never see with an audience ever Uh, so it's just it's just really interesting like i think this could I wish I had seen it in theaters. I, I would I would really like to see like what this would have been like compared to a Step Brothers or something of that essence that you mentioned. It makes me so mad that I did not go see this in theaters because again, as I mentioned, I was living in LA and literally I was working on a movie while I was there and I didn't know anybody outside of my roommate. Um, and it was like literally every weekend I would just go with my roommate to see we they had legal weed and i would go see movies with my roommate but there were still things that i didn't go see that summer because i was like too good for them so i didn't go see like battleship in the theater and i didn't go see that's my boy in a theater two movies that i've since seen and have quite enjoyed um but it's like that's my boy is like i i'm so mad that i didn't go to like the grove in la to watch this because that would have been <laughs> the perfect audience to see it with um uh, and especially because that was the same summer as as we mentioned, Ted, which was like a huge comedy hit. Um, and I remember seeing that and being like, I don't understand why everyone finds this so funny. Yeah. Um, but now that's my boy. It's just like, oh, I think this is hilarious. And like maybe other people don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie. <laughs> oh, OK, so that's. That's Colin Quinn, I guess. There you go. I, okay, cool. So I found Colin Quinn and I found. Uh, Dennis Dugan. They're in there for a second. Sweet. Okay, so they're definitely in the Sandler squad uh, for this movie. Um, but yeah, no, I, do, I just think that uh, you know, we, we have, you know, it's, it's interesting, and we can, we can sort of take stock here for a second, because Adam Sandler's theatrical career, now it's not over, the man's alive and still very popular, but, you know, with theatrical exhibition in general being sort of uh, an open question right now it's like okay so like what you know what is adam sandler's like you know theatrical career like after this and it's like well he has the he has hotel transylvania later this year and that movie big hit two sequels which were also big hits um the year a year after this he has grown-ups 2 which was a big hit his last live action hit yes Um, he then has Blended, which, great movie, my mom's favorite movie of all time, but <laughs> uh, not, not in like a notable financial disappointment at the time that it was released. Um, and then he has Pixels a year later, and Pixels also greatly underperforms. And That's then, the last one, right? Uh, Pixels is the last one, because like after that, he doesn't really have a movie. The only, the, 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 do you, Chris, can you guess what the next post Pixels? What is the next Adam Sandler movie that goes into wide release? Uh, would because I want to say after Pixels, we're firmly into the Netflix era. So would it be uh, Uncut Gems? It's Uncut Gems. Wow. Uncut, the next wide release for Adam Sandler. So that's like 
four and a half years. That's incredible. Yeah. So like, because Meyerowitz stories plays in like New York and LA, but not wide. Sure. Gems actually goes wide because of eight twenty four. You know what I'm curious about? Just because Netflix made such a big deal about like how well Murder Mystery performed, uh, quote unquote, so to speak. I wonder, just like in an alternate universe, like I wish we could get like the hypothetical box office numbers if Murder Mystery wasn't wide release. I mean, I'm sure someone online could parse that for you. Could be like, yeah. well, if if like Murder Mystery, if this many eyeballs means this many people go into the theater, then this is how many people finished Murder Mystery. But also, too, uh, you got to figure like, yeah, people will show up for Adam and Jen on like in their living rooms. Yes. Um, are they going to pay twenty five for two tickets and popcorn and all that? Like, it, you know, who's you know, and a, you know, Adam, Adam Sandler, he's he's. He's doing pretty well during all this because it's like if he's already migrated mostly to Netflix, it's like, oh, like, you know, if, if for, and I don't think this is going to happen, but if, like if movie theaters never reopened again, Adam Sandler is like a pioneer. He's like, he's out there. Like he's doing, he's doing his Netflix stuff for the past five years now. As we've seen yeah. many, many times throughout our journey here, um, he was always ahead of the curve. We just, absolutely. It's always us catching up with him. Totally. Um, so yeah, so I think that that mostly does it for that's my boy. I think we should talk about the categories and then uh, you know and then sign off. Um, so uh, number one, uh, there is no slummy love interest in this movie. Um, that category just doesn't exist for this one, which is which is nice. It's a little different. Um, so we get product placement watch, and as always, if you guys noticed anything that I missed. Please let me know. Uh, there are a couple of edge cases in this where it's like we'll see something in the background. So like, does that count? I don't know. Um, but the ones that I have that are sort of like prominently figure in the film are uh, Yuhu. He has that at the beginning. Oh yeah. Uh, Yuhu, Budweiser, DirecTV, Spencer's Gifts. Natural ice or natty ice. Do we see a particular brand? Because um, this is right after we see the Yuhu. Because like he has the Yuhu and he's bringing uh, uh, Miss 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 McGarrickle like a pack of wine coolers or something. I couldn't tell. I I, I, I squinted at the label, but I couldn't see it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it looked like it looked like a pretty generic. I mean, you can tell those by this. They're like wrapper around the top, but that it was like, like a mickle, like yeah. Like a Michelada or whatever the what is that called? Where it's like the the gold foil around the top. Michelada. The it, like the fact that it was a four pack made me like made me think of well I don't know like like he's like like he's huge and, and it seemed like a thirteen year old thing to do too like oh you're gonna bring a grown up like some wine coolers or something. Yeah. Um, natural ice, Axe body spray, Vaseline, <laughs> Bush, Rolling Rock, and Coca Cola. Uh, Coca-Cola is like on the cups that like Vanilla Ice is like serving people at the hockey rink. Uh, were there any other major things that I'm missing? Uh, prominent things. Uh, I mean, New Kids on the Block. That tattoo. Well, yeah, I mean like bands. I know. Yeah. Yeah, like Rolling Stone was the magazine. Uh, you've got this. You've got the baseball field, which has Bud Light, which is under the banner of Budweiser. Right. Um. He just drinks so many beers in this movie that... <laughs> yeah. 
Um, uh, looks like New Balance, and they're just one of the banners at the at the. Oh right. Baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it's there's something in every scene, but it's not like there's an abundance. Yeah. Um. So then we have. Sandler's did we get? Did we oh. get Bush? Bush. Bush. I said Bush. Yeah. Bush. Okay. Uh, so Sandler Squad, we got Brad Grunberg, who is uh, the, the fat guy who wins the Boston Marathon. He's in I Now Pronounce Chuck and Larry. We got Lunell, who is in the Hotel Transylvania series. We got Nick Swartzen. We've got Blake Clark. We've got Tony Orlando, who appears in Sandy Wexler. We've got Milo Ventimiglia. We've got Dan Patrick. We've got Vanilla Ice. We've got Rachel Dratch. We've got James Kahn. We've got Will Forte. We've got Peter Dante. We've got Abdullah and Gum from Blended. Um, what else am I missing? What am Did I you missing? You say uh, Colin Quinn and Peter Dante. Colin, Colin Quinn and Dennis Dugan are both there. Sandler squad members making appearances in this film. Jackie Sandler, uh, Sandler squad member, making an appearance. Oh yeah. Um, and, um... And um, I think his daughters are there uh, as the lemonade stand girls. Oh, yes, that's right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam Sandler's daughters there, uh, Sadie and what, what are their names? Sorry. Uh, I always forget. It's Sadie and Sonny, Sonny I think. Sonny. Sadie yeah. and Sonny, yes. Uh, you know, it's funny. We don't actually see Alan Covert, although he produced it. We don't see him anywhere. Right, yeah. I was looking for him, and I was wondering if he was like a voice on like a call or like a radio show or anything like that. But um, And he might be, but I, I didn't notice anything. Did you mention um, the stripper? Lunell? Lunell. Yes, I mentioned her. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, There's so many. Let me There's... see. Uh, let me see if anything else, uh, if anything else popped up. Um... I don't, I don't think so. I think we got... Because Susan Sarandon isn't in any others. Uh, Will Forte we got. Will Forte we got. We got Dan Patrick. We got... Uh, yeah, I think I think we got them all. Um, Tony Orlando is in Sandy Wexler. I don't know. Did yes, you that? I did. God, sorry, there's so many. No, yeah, yeah, there's a bunch. Um, but yeah, I think that does it for our categories, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I believe so. Sweet. So that is that's that's my boy. Um, if somehow you've made it to the end of this episode and you've not watched the film, uh, I implore you to go and uh, pay three ninety nine to rent this movie, or you know, spend a little bit more and buy it. Um, because if you're listening to this podcast and you're a fan of the Sandman, uh, I think that this is. Uh, this is a dark horse. This is a dark horse uh, Sandler movie. I think it's like right up at the top of, of the Pantheon. Yeah, it definitely is ripe for a reappraisal for sure. Um, it is. Let's lead that charge. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're doing a we're doing good work here during during quarantine. I'm proud <laughs> of us. Oh man, yeah. I think uh, you know if I if you know obviously if I met Adam Sandler, I'd have a million things that I would need to say to him before I would get to this. But <laughs> you know if I had to spend enough time with him, if it was a misery situation where I got to like you know break his legs and make him stay in court, you know make him stay in a bed, I'd be like, by the way, that's my boy. Hella underrated. <laughs> at at some point, I guess we should uh, we should bring in Rupert Gregson Williams as like a honorary person. He's he's been the composer of like. He's Hubie Halloween, Murder Mystery, uh, The Week of, 
it looks like almost every Sandler film. Yeah, brother of brother of great composer Harry Gregson Williams. Okay. Um, yeah, we should bring him in on Santa Squad because yeah, you're right. There's 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 a lot of overlap there. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's unless y'all have anything else, I think that's about it for that's my boy. Yeah, no, um, I had a ball with this movie. Um, I had such a blast, and uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna be. Uh, you know, beat, be, beating the drum on this one for for a while, and um, I guess what is it? Sorry, is it Grown Ups Two that's next? No, the next one's Hotel Transylvania. Okay, right, right, right. Which you know what? I've only seen like half of the first one, so that'll be fun to dive into that trilogy. I'm always yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, and I mean, and I know enough about them to know that the voice cast is hella stacked too. So I think it'll be a nice, a nice, uh, a nice little world to dive into. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Have you have you seen any of them, Wilson? I've seen the first one. Okay, I was um, gonna say. So we almost, almost had a virtually unseen film by us. That's but right. The, the, the second um, one will be that for us. And in, initially, you know, initially I had said that we should do the Hotel Transylvania movies like in one episode, but maybe, maybe it's coronavirus. Maybe it's just like wanting to find excuses to like extend this for as long as we can. But I think we shouldn't do that. I think we should just, I think we should just do an episode for Hotel Transylvania. And then wait until the second one comes up and do an episode for that one. Like even if they're not like as long as say this episode is, um, I think maybe combining them. Like we should because there's more to talk about. Sam, like where Sandler's career is at. Yeah. When each one of them comes out. And it's a good time to introduce your kids to podcasts. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> Bring them in. Yeah. So let's uh let, we we gotta boost those subscriber numbers. So we'll we'll cover those separately. So the next episode will be about Hotel Transylvania, uh, Adam Sandler's hit anim- first hit animated movie. Um, but yeah, I think that about does it for this episode of the Billy Gilmore Podcast. Um, so, uh, uh, without further ado, I am Wilson Smith. This was Chris Giles. And I'm Austin Culp. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time for Hotel Transylvania. <laughs>